All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Just after 3 o'clock Thursday afternoon. Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, also live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Uh, lots of people are fired up. I love it. If you don't have passion, why are you here? Why are you here? Everybody's fired up. It's good. You get emotionally invested. That's why you're a good fan. Last night, some of you might have turned it off. Or you told yourself, you know what? I'm done. Second period, I'm leaving. But then you came back because curiosity always gets the cat or gets you as a fan. You don't want to look away like, well, hey, you never know. I might miss three goals. I might miss a fight. So I watch the third as painful as it is. It happens. Good news. I will say this very confidently, order fans. That will be the only seven goal deficit that you watch for the orders this season at least for them on the deficit side. They won't lose another game by seven goals this year. Mark it down, book it. All right? Put those odds on playalberta.ca. I'll tell you right now, I'll be taking that all day because it ain't happening again. Keep in mind, it's only happened 15 times in franchise history. So it's not like it's a Super Bowl take. 3,400 regular season games, 15 times they have lost by seven or more goals. So what you saw last night is rare, a 0.004% chance. It doesn't happen very often. If you sat through it, good for you. Hey, Jace, my friends and I were going to get tickets to the game last night, but end up going to the game in November for scheduling reasons. Dodged a bullet from Sarah in Vancouver. Oh, Sarah, you, you know what? You're probably like, yeah, I get it. Missed that one. Makes total sense. This is the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. As we welcome to the program now, of course, our uh, big guest, our weekly Thursday co-host, brought to you by Spruce Grove Saints. Get your tickets. It's the exciting HHL action at SpruceGroveSaints.ca. A gentleman who did play in the uh, junior leagues back in Quinnell in the BCHL, then went on to the WHL, then the NHL, as well as stops in the AHL, and... 
in the uh, I don't know if they have like an official league for ball hockey, but if there was, and there probably is, he was in that one as well. Terry Ryan joins us. Tr, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I've got to correct you for all the BC hockey fans out there. It's it's now the BCHL. When I when I played, there were two junior A leagues in BC. Mine was the Rocky Mountain Junior Hockey League. Okay, the Rocky and, Mountain. Uh, yeah, it all ended up. Being okay. absorbed by the BC. Yeah. Okay. But, so uh, now, so now, uh, so technically, I was right. Now, the league that you played in now is now mm. considered the BCHL, right? Yeah. There, there were there were there were the yeah. BCJHL at the time and yeah. the Rocky Mountain, and they combined. Yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. Yeah, they combined. So, were you in like the uh, like the B League back then, and then they combined to make it one, or was your league better? I I came out. It was already Junior A. I think it was the third. I, I God, before that, I think it might have been the Kootenai Kootenai League. Oh, okay. The, I, I, I'm not sure the Barkerville. I don't know. I'm putting together all, all these names of, of various events and organizations that are up there. But I know that when I went, it was their third or fourth year playing junior A. And uh, it was kind of a new thing for Quinnell. It was very interesting at the time for a lot of reasons. And, and for that reason, they also started affiliating. It wasn't just me. There was Ryan Marsh. Sheldon Surrey, and we had a few guys from Victoria there. There were a lot of guys sent there from the dub. Okay. Now, I noticed in the background, uh, TR, is that – now, did you have that Shorzy poster before, and I never noticed it, or just put that on the wall now? I – Put that up recently. I don't. Nice. It might have been there for one show. Okay. But, uh, yeah, they, oh, there they you go. Oh, us. yeah. There you go. Shirts off, eh? Nice. Nice. Hey. Do you have to? Yeah, you have to suck. It, you have to suck in for that pit, or do you have to? Do you have to go in a little bit of a? Uh, you know, make sure you're looking good leading up to that photo shoot. Oh. I knew they. Uh, Jared t- t- called me and asked me to to work out. I got a trainer for. I don't know, like six months. Alex Newhook's <laughs> trainer. Shout out to Alex Newhook. Uh, Ryan Powers, his name. I used to play hockey with him. Okay. And he became, uh, got a degree in kinesiology and then became a personal trainer, played at UPEI. Shout out to the Panthers. Anyway, I trust him a lot. I just called him. I said, look, they want me to do this. And, uh, you know, Jared asked me. I said, I can't believe you should be telling me. <laughs> you know, you pay me good money. You give me an opportunity to be on, you know, a, a, a major TV show in, in North, well, I guess, international. So... I told him, I said, no questions asked. Now, not that I look like an Adonis, but, you know, I made sure that I was okay. I'm in shape, you know. Yeah, you're working out, probably eating better, for sure, right? Yeah. Six packs it's made in the kitchen, ATR? Well, other than the six pack, for whatever reason, you know, look, I I enjoy my my beers, I guess. I'm assuming that's why I've never had a six pack. I've gotten in great shape. I passed yeah. the beep test. I've been, te- VO2 max has been through the roof. But I never really have that six-pack. But I, I don't know. Maybe if I went down to 170, I've yeah. always felt comfortable between 190 and 200. And, you know, I, I always assumed that because I do eat well. But Fridays or Saturdays, I have my beers. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine, man. But it's uh, my nutritionist told me. Um, you you want to get that last little bit. It's all going to be in the kitchen. You can work out as hard as you want. You can do every crunch in the world. But uh, if you want to shed that a little bit to, to expose the six-pack, that's what you're going to have to do. Now, uh, speaking of exposed, TR, uh, the orders got exposed last night in Vancouver. Oh, it was a dreadful performance by the Edmonton orders. Uh, uh, Jay Woodcroft uh, talking after the game. Uh, hey, we were in preseason work ethic and never matched it. Now, you've played in games where I'm sure it doesn't matter what happens. Nothing gets going. And because you might have a bad 10 minutes and then teams figured out. But the orders could just never get on track last night. Yeah, it was frustrating to watch. We all know they're, they, I mean, they're not that bad. Right? They're, they're not that bad. I mean, I think it was their worst loss in like five or six years. So, yeah, but, but there, there were some things I found alarming, but you got to put yourself in that situation too. It's the first game of the year. No matter what people say, if, if, you know, you could get the 
a person that's got a reputation to be cold as ice. I, I don't uh, carry price maybe, but you do get thinking, you know, when the puck starts going in and it's just like, ah, uh, just, you know, when's the plane? I got to get this one over with in the bag. The game's over. I got to finish it. You could tell yourself a hundred percent that that's not the way you're thinking. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do my best, but still it just seeps in. You know, it's six one. You know, the game's over. You're think you got one foot out the door. I know what it's like. So I, I wouldn't be judging them on the last part of that game. Yeah. Oh, well, now what were some things that, were concerning for you. Really, honestly, look, I don't want to pick on anybody in particular, but I like that that give a crap meter got to go up a little bit. And I know what I just said, and it's true, but I don't know. The last goal of the game, I mean, Bouchard's standing right there. The, you you got to have the guy. You go to the net hard. You got to assume to be you're going to be defended hard. I mean, that's an NHL. That could have been like Pee Wee. If I came out of junior, like anybody could have scored there. I think it was Miller. Anybody, you could just go there. Like you got to pay a price. It's the NHL, man. Like that's the first thing I remember going up is how hard it was to be in front of the net. And you know, in a few, they looked displaced. Uh, I think it was Beck, Besser's second goal, maybe. Um, oh yeah, that just, was when Bouchard but, just lost the battle behind the net, and you're just like, yeah. what happened? Yeah, that like was, losing battles. If you're yeah. losing battles at the beginning of the first game of the year, or by extension, the first or you know any time in the playoffs, there's something wrong. You know, say what you want. I know it's early, but you are out there to prove a point. You know it's the first game of the year. You're hyped up. Half the hockey world, if not more, is picking your team to win the Stanley Cup. There's 32 teams in the league and more on the way, man. You better get going. And you're out there and you're behind the net. All eyes on you. All of Canada. All of the, the games on TV. Everybody wants to see McDavid and company and what they're going to do. And you're going to be out there behind the net barely holding on to people, barely throwing your weight around at all. Some guys are, I don't know, to me, that's an asset that Kane usually has is that he can finish. He's good coming out of the zone with the puck on his stick because he's strong. You know, I didn't really see that. I mean, I know the minuses, some of them were tough, weren't his fault. And this is, by extension, the entire team. Yeah. You know, and, and the other thing is the young guys that made it, and even in their second or even third year, you know, you're still kind of getting your feet wet. But, I mean, if you're a rookie and that's what the vets are going to show you, I don't know. If, if, if I guess a positive was that it would have given me confidence. If I'm out there and I'm first year in the league, this is my first game, and I'm watching people that are reputable players out there not being able to throw a hit through a wet paper bag, I think for me I'd say I'm going to take the bull by the horns. Now I can play. God, the sky's the limit. Judging by this game, I can play on the first line. <clears throat> well, I was a little surprised. You know, the early on, you know, DeHartney, that was in the first five minutes of fight. Guys are fired up. That's great. But you're getting your ass handed to you. It's 6-1 on the road, and they're taking slashing penalties. Like, I know the game's different now, Terry, and so maybe I'm too old school, but Edmonton is a bigger, more physical team top to bottom than Vancouver. Like, Vancouver has Joshua. That's it. They got no one else that you really have to worry about. I was stunned that the Edmonton orders at least didn't try to bully them, especially knowing you're playing them again on Saturday. I was stunned that there was like virtually zero attempt at, other than a slash on the back of the ankles. You have to do it. It's the, I, again, I know, and I know we talked, the game changed, and I'm starting to think the last few days, like, I did it? I, I know it did, but how much did it? There's been lots of fights in yes. exhibition. I just was at a game. I saw the the best player on the planet getting arguably, you know, for his time, you know, Sidney Crosby. Crosby. I don't want to get into that comparison, but uh, you know, I'm watching him fight in exhibition. I don't know. I'm watching. There's all kinds. They went to Australia in the first game of the year. That was basically a 
scrimmage. There's a fight in that one. You know, there's a fight. The Leafs opener it took about two minutes. There's a fight in the Edmonton game. I don't know. To me, I'm going... I don't think it's as out the door as everybody thinks. Yeah. And, you know, it's still physics out there, and there's no out-of-bounds. In other sports, there's out-of-bounds. There ain't no out-of-bounds. So if you're out there and you've got a team that can possibly intimidate because anybody who played knows what it feels like to be out there and looking at the other team and going, God, ideally I get a point or two. If we can pull out a wing, great, but let's get on that bus because I don't <laughs> want to get hit anymore. I'm getting paid, and I don't want to have broken ribs, and every time I go out there, so-and-so's got to know I'll use Chicago, my last NHL game. Jansen's Probert Russell. That's one line. Either one of them might put me through the boards. I got to really be on my toes here. And, you know, I was always thinking if I'm out there and it's not those three guys, I don't know if it's just three guys that go out and I don't know, Jonathan Duane like. I'm loving life. Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm skating wherever I want. Home ice doesn't even mean anything. I'm going, this is great. And whenever I see one of those guys, I'm going to pop them, right? That's just the name. That's mammals being mammals. That's predators and prey. I don't know why they didn't do it more sometimes you could just hear a pin drop i I really don't know now the bright side like i said it is game one yeah it is and that's the thing right like it's one game uh i'm guessing it'll be super easy for uh jay woodcroft and his coaching staff to get the attention of his team uh you play that poorly the players are proud they're going to come back it's the same team so uh you're going to want to show up uh without question but i one game, Tarek, I can say the order stunk. That's a fact. I don't think the order stink, if that makes any sense. But I, if I'm a coach, like, what's the one thing you're watching for in the first five minutes on Saturday night? Well, it's going to be what I've already talked about. I, I, th- I think the only reason is because I think everybody knows that they got the skill and they have the leadership, right? We know that. You can have an off game. So I know I like to go on rants, but that, that's what I'd be. I just want to see the effort because I know if the effort comes, eventually they're going to win more games than they lose. They're just too good. And, you know, some of those plays were careless. It all, to me, it all goes back to that, not being focused, not being ready. Whatever part of that box you want to pick, uh, you know, not intense, not, not, not hitting enough. It, it, it's all really derives from the same real place, you know, even those lazy passes. But they're like, they are skilled. Um, arguably the most skilled. They had the same guys generally they are going to be on the power play this year that just set records. I really wouldn't worry about any of that. I really wouldn't. Uh, I, I, I guess e- even goaltending, I hear all kinds of overkill today on, on, on you know, uh, what's the word, overreaction. Both goalies weren't great, but again, we've got large sample sizes that says they're better than that. So I don't know. I, I hate to sound like everybody else. I wouldn't want to hit the panic button, but what I do want to see is every, like, focus on my job everybody do their you know go out there and and do what they were made the team to do play their role and 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 you know give give 100% as they say not to sound too cliche but that's what I'd be looking for cuz if not it's alarming they're good enough in every other category to to beat to win most games one last one before we go hey gregs the oilers were almost as bad as tr's team at the chicklets cup as per whitney Whew. yikes how was the Chicklets Cup, TR? What happened? I was good. I tell you, well, I, I mean, we lost to a good team. So there's Chicklets Cup, and then, you know, every time you see me playing these national and, 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 and international tournaments in ball hockey, we're playing five-on-five on, five on a real rink, right? Yeah. So there's way more room out there. I'm not, I'm not making an excuse. I'm just giving you context to this. So 
The Chicklets Cup is three-on-three, and then I've played international three-on-three tournaments, too, and this is even smaller. Chicklets Cup is like you, you can wind up from your own net, and and it might go in. I mean, we've got we got multiple goals. Like, it wouldn't be a fluke. We have probably six goals from literally winding up back there. So there's not really many places to move. Now, I picked our team on skill more than anything. I made sure that nobody was out of shape. But what I did know is that, like, the team we lost to were the Ottawa Godfathers. Okay. And we've uh, we've played them in nationals before we've lost to them we've we've won I, I don't know what it would be it's pretty close maybe 50 50 the other team in the other division that beat nose face they play it off as our team's going to play nose face at first that was the case because we were both dominant teams but now i told the boys going in i said you know it's a flip of a coin with the final four or five teams that i'm seeing here and that was exactly a nose faces team didn't make it either they lost to the reapers who are in the nationals are I believe the Brampton Midnight Express, a few of those guys. It's okay. a few, you know, now it's getting peppered with some real good players. So on camera, it was like, what are we doing? But as soon as we got in the room, I was like, you know, shook the guy's hand. I'm like, Biz, you know, that it, it's a flip of a coin, and it was the flip of a coin. Uh, it was a great time more than anything, and I'm tipping my hat to the Ottawa Godfathers who beat us. They were great. But that's the way it goes, not to ramble, but I knew that. the other. I think we mercied three games and then no space we lost in the shootout, so that was pretty much even. And then uh, two 15s run, and then we lost to the Godfather. So it's probably it's what I thought. You know, we 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 could have won, we didn't. They played great, and they had a good strategy. We'll come back. Uh, strategy: the Buffalo Sabers. Their strategy: lock up their young defensemen for as long as you can. I think it's a bold and good strategy. We'll discuss it next on The Gregor Show, live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We roll through Thursday afternoon. Jason Gregor, Terry Ryan with you on Sports 1440, also live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Keep hitting the subscribe button, boys and girls. Numbers keep climbing. Love to see it. Love to see it. We'll have uh, more prizes to give away there. Also, let's get now around the NHL, brought to you by... McDonald's, and it's back. One of your favorite games. Monopoly, with even more chances to play. First, you can peel on the pack, then peel in your app. For a limited time, see the rules at mcdpromotion.ca. And uh, we head off to uh, Buffalo, where the Sabres... Uh, pretty excited about the uh, the new contract. Owen Power has signed an eight year extension at eight point three five million. It kicks in next year. Rasmus Dahlin signed an extension for eleven mil. So there's a nineteen point three five mil for the two young defensemen that uh, they expect to be the uh, the towers of power in Buffalo for quite some time, and uh, hopefully help them end what has been a twelve year drought without. The playoffs, um, I think there's a good chance it might end this season. We'll see as uh, Lance Lazowski joins us from the uh, Buffalo News, a longtime beat reporter for the Sabres. And uh, Lance, I guess let's start with that. It's got to be a lot of excitement right now in Buffalo as both Darlene and Power are locked up long term. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, not, not only the 91-point season a year ago with almost everybody on the roster having career years, but... You know, it's just five of their core players that are locked in long-term. Darlene Power, Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins, Matias Samuelson. You know, two years ago, guys, they had just picked Owen Power first overall. They were waiting to trade Jack Eichel. Now they feel like they're finally ready to make a push, and they still have cap space. Their prospect pipeline is still filled. So they've got plenty of ammunition to continue to build a good group around that core. 
Oh yeah, they still got lots of money, and you know, you know, you look at their forwards, you look at their defense. Um, obviously, the only question is, I know there's lots of people high on them, Lance, but uh, you know, I look at the young goaltenders, and they got a few, so they hope that one of them pans out, and you know, we'll see how. Uh, how young Devin Levi can do because he's kind of, you know, for him to come directly out of college to be a starting goaltender in the NHL, like Tom Barrasso did it out of high school and then won the Calder, which is mind blowing when you consider anyone the Vesna straight out of high school, which is freakish. But really, other than him, it's never really happened. So, what, you know, how much do you think Devin Levi ultimately is going to play this year for Buffalo? I think he's going to play a lot, but they need to be careful. Um, you can't get greedy. I know they really push him to the limit in, in March and April, but this is an 82-game season. He's time for college where you only have weekend games. you got plenty of practice time. That's why they need Eric Omriuka, Pekka Lukanen, to establish themselves as the number two, a reliable number two. You know, They don't need any of these goalies, Levi included, to be great. They just need good goaltending based on – how their offense is, the amount of goals they're capable of scoring, and they do feel their goaltending is going to be better regardless of who's in net because they improved their defense, Connor Cliff and Eric Johnson. And just as a group, their team defense should be better now that they've got these, these younger guys have more experience. We even Tate Thompson only started playing center two years ago. We know how difficult that position is from the defensive aspect of it. And he needs to get better. They need to start winning more face-offs. There's a lot that goes into it. But, I mean, everything they've seen from Levi, everything he's shown, he has the unique skill set, unique set of intangibles that have him prepared to make this jump. It's just a matter of how much are they going to push him? Are they going to push him too much? Because they need to be careful here. Yeah, no, no question about it. Lance, uh, I was actually at uh... – the last exhibition game, Crosby and company were in town, and seeing Buffalo play live, I was enthralled. I couldn't believe how big and how much of a presence Dahlin and Power had. And by you know, Thompson, a lot of their better players are huge. Now, you got Zach Benson, who had a great camp. He played well that night. He's tiny. You saw the rest of camp. You follow the team. How was he with the physical issues so far? I mean, I guess that would probably be a problem, but it doesn't appear that it has been. Well, right now they have him on a line with Casey Middlestad and Jordan Greenway. The way those two, they can win the puck battles for Zach Benson. They, they can help him through those areas of his game. To me, Harry, I think that defensive awareness in his own zone is going to be one area that Zach Benson is going to have to work on and really prove to everybody you know, that's going to be one of the separators that allows him to stay beyond those nine games. Like, you got to pick up your guys in coverage. He's great on the back check. It's not for a lack of effort. He's a hound on the puck, but you got to know your coverages. You got to know it. You know, there's just certain subtleties in the defensive aspects of the game. You're not going to learn until you experience them. So we'll see. I mean, they're not, they made it clear to Zach Benson, no pressure. They think that he has elite offensive ability, elite offensive instincts that have really allowed him to get this opportunity. They think they're in a better spot to have a young player like that. And we'll see where it goes. But we all know, guys, 18 years old. You mentioned the physical part of it. 82-game season with travel, it is very difficult for even a number one pick to do it, let alone a kid who went at number 13. So I would be shocked if he's here beyond nine games, but they're going to see how it goes. He certainly had an incredible training camp in preseason that really he gave them no choice. He forced them to keep him at this point. And speaking of defense, I'm assuming Eric Johnson's going to play a big role in the development of their young defensemen. Has that been established so far? 
Absolutely. And it's, it's the small things, right? Like 35 years old, coming up on a thousand games, Stanley Cup champion. He's really re- well, well respected for the way that he takes care of himself, right? It, like I know in Colorado, they had a sauna club there where all the defensemen, because of Eric Johnson, they all, they all did the sauna together after practice every day. Well, Eric Johnson arrived in Buffalo. He told Rasmus Dahlin, buy a sauna for your house. You won't regret it. Dahlin didn't ask any questions. He bought one. Like, he's, with a young defenseman, like, there's just certain things you don't know until you've gone through it. So it's somebody else to lean on. And, and that's been a big piece of Owen Powers' development, right? I mean, Dahlin came in number one pick, didn't have the supporting cast around him, and that's why it was very up and down and a lot of downs for an extended period of time, whereas now – They've got a really good group around somebody like Owen Power to where he's going to be able to avoid some of the pitfalls that guys like Dolly, guys like Dolly and even Eric Johnson early in his career, you know, experienced. Lance Zowski joins us uh, talking uh, Buffalo Sabres. Of course, you know, you look at their division and really, Lance, to me, the one area as exciting as Buffalo was, they, they missed the playoffs by one point. They're five-on-five defensive goals against and shots against everything else. That was their biggest weakness. How do they improve there? I know that they brought in Connor Clifton. They brought in Eric Johnson. But, you know, two guys can't magically solve everything. How much of his experience, how much has Don Granato talked about just tightening things up defensively five-on-five? So some of it, so tightening up defensively is has definitely been an emphasis, especially from the forwards, because a lot of their issues last year were pressing for offense, turning the puck over. Then you put your 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 D and your goalie in a bad situation. Now they think that again, like Clifton and Johnson, only two guys, but last year, like Samuelson and Yoki R, you went down the first couple weeks in the season. And then they had Jacob Rice on the first pair. Ilya Labuchka had to play more minutes, and he got exposed in those situations. So they think depth. They got more options. Now, part of it, I think, is really their structure's fine. They showed it late last season. They were able to buckle down. It's just getting your young forwards to be detailed, shift in, and shift out. Um, some of it's just inexperience. Some of it is, you know, guys like J.J. You know, Paterka, for example, was a rookie last year, high-end offensive ability, but lower levels, he's not held accountable for even the slightest mistake. You know, and even in the American League, he can he can backcheck and, and force a turnover. In the NHL, you're not going to be able to do that. Connor McDavid's going the other way and scoring under a goalie. So, you know, these guys sometimes you got to learn lessons the hard way. Um, but it's going to it's definitely going to be something to monitor because you know you can't play that way for 82 games. I don't care who's in goal for you, you're going to get exploited, exposed. Yeah, hundred um... percent. Jeff Skinner, I know that, you know, it's hard to live up to the $9 billion contract, but man, the last two years, he's been pretty solid. You know, the prior years to that, not so much, but the last two years, he's been really consistent. You're a 33, 35 goal man. That's pretty solid. What, what's been the change for Skinner the last two years compared to the previous few? Well, hey, it's amazing what can happen when your coach doesn't put you on a line with Curtis Lazar and Riley Shea. And in all due respect to those players, but if you're paying Jeff Skinner $9 million a year, you shouldn't be putting him on the fourth line. A lot of those guys is, first of all, look at the talent that Jeff Skinner gets to play with every night. He's on a line with Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. And I don't think people around the league talk about Alex Tuck enough. He is a really dynamic player as a power forward. That's part of it. But Jeff Skinner also in my opinion, really added other layers to his game. He's getting better along the wall. I think that he noticed throughout those two years where he had trouble getting ice time under Ralph Kruger that 
I got to be better in different areas. Like, I'm not going to always score the way that I did earlier in my career. Like, I'm not as fast. Like, he's not as fast as a lot of the young forwards coming to lead. Great edge work, but elite speed is not something that Jeff Skinner is always good good about. And it's system. You know, Ralph Kruger, one of the, the really, really prominent weaknesses with Kruger as a coach on the offensive side was the way they were breaking the puck out. They weren't getting any speed through the neutral zone, and then you're not taking advantage of all this, all the talent that you have now. Skinner's very good on the rush. So when you're out there in a system with elite defensemen like Power and Dahlin, or at least defensemen with elite offensive ability, you're going to be put in much better positions to score. Plus, he's getting more power play time. Kruger wasn't putting him on the power play to try to make an example of his defensive habits. And defense is always going to be a, a, sore, a sore spot in Skinner's game. But it's just it's the way that he's adapted and sort of added to his game down low, making more plays, um, you know, taking advantage of his other options. It's it's been really fascinating to watch because um, a player who scored as much as he has in his career to to continue to to be try to become more of a playmaker. It, it's been um, it's been notable for sure. Lance. The Sabres are on their way to being a wagon, man. They've got a lot of great players. They seem to be well-balanced, depending how Levi does. I mean, I didn't think I'd say it re- three months ago, but after having seen camp on TV and after s- having seen a game, like I think they can make the playoffs, and I think a lot of fans there think they can, but who do you think they usurp to get in there? It's a tough place to be. Yes, it is. I mean, Ford is dealing with injuries early, but... I mean, Montour, Ekblad can be back by Christmas, and Florida showed last year, you know, just like St. Louis did back in 2019, you can't count them out too early. So Tampa Bay, no, they don't have Vasilevsky, but they play really strong team defense that might let them survive. So that's a big key here. Plus, you got Ottawa and Detroit. This is a very deep division. Now, I don't think Ottawa and Detroit are as advanced as Buffalo is in terms of the rebuild and having what it takes depth-wise to be a contender, a playoff contender. But you still got to beat those teams. Like, if you come in and have a bad night, particularly on the defensive side, Detroit can put seven on the board. Ottawa can put seven on the board. So this group, a lot of it's going to be managing expectations. You know, February came around last season, and even their most talented players on the Sabres started gripping the sticks, started to make uncharacteristic turnovers. They weren't paying attention to the details. They helped put them in a position where they were in a really good spot in terms of competing for the playoffs. So how are they going to handle that? That pressure expectations now because they're not going to catch anybody surprised by surprise this year everybody knows around the league that buffalo's a team if you don't have your best like good luck uh, hey uh tage thompson 47 goals last year 37 the year before what do you think happens this year i think he gets the 50 and he got 47 when he was dealing with multiple injuries throughout the second half of the year like he got knocked out of the all-star game getting a bothersome hip i think it was a hit pointer the night before the All-Star break last yeah. season. So a healthy Tage Thompson with Jeff Skinner, Alex Tuck, and I think their power play is going to be even better this year, guys. I know we're ranked high in the NHL, but like Darlene's gotten better on the power play. There's a lot of opportunity they think they missed out on last year when it comes to the man advantage because he started shading the Thompson side of the ice. So I think they're going to have a lot more movement on the power play. We'll see how it goes, but... I mean, Thompson showed last, like Thompson should have gotten 50 last year, and he would have if it weren't for the injuries. So, 50 and 100 is, is not a stretch whatsoever. No, it doesn't seem that way. And that guy shoots absolute lasers. Got one of the hardest shots. Oh, and the stick hand, oh. stick handling too. Like when you have that size, that shot, like skating, stick handling. 
he's one of the most exciting players to watch in the league. And, and like, and that's saying something just based on how, I mean, how much talent there is at this point. Yeah, no, he definitely is one of the most uh, watchable players in the league for sure. Lads, uh, enjoy the season. I know Sabre fans are pretty excited. Uh, they're an exciting team to watch. I'm looking forward to see if they end the 12-year drought. I really hope they do. I picked him too, so I hope I'm right. Uh, we'll see what happens. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Always a pleasure. Take care. There you go. That is uh, Lance Zowski joining us, a uh, beat reporter for the Buffalo Sabres. They're an entertaining team to watch, man. I got the NHL center ice package, and uh, when the Sabres are on, I find myself watching. Uh, Thompson is worth the price of admission. Uh, Cousins is great. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin's really good. I thought Owen Power last year, the last 50 games of the year. Oh, my goodness. I was like, this guy's this young. Oh, he is going to be so good for the uh, Buffalo. I won't be surprised, honestly. If in a few years people are talking about him being the best defenseman in Buffalo. Honestly, I think he's that good. Jason Greger, Terry Ryan with you on Sports 1440 Live and Orders Nation YouTube. Uh, when we return, we will uh, pick up the pace. Teammates, there, there's certain kind of unwritten rules with your teammates you don't want to cross. Sometimes, though, it happens. We'll discuss it next. 3.45 on a Thursday afternoon. Welcome back. Gregor Show. Sports 1440, Jason Greger, Terry Ryan with you. Of course, uh, today is the day that uh, the Orders will have their annual uh, signing here at uh, West Edmonton Mall. And uh, they're spread out all over the mall. And uh, so we just had uh, three young kids who were outside the window. And the con man gave them a few treats, which is nice. Uh, Sports 1440 speaker and then uh, a rum butter chocolate bar. Scraping the bottom of the barrel out of that one. But uh, either way, although I know some kids love it. So Ogden's there. He's been here since 830 in the morning. His mom let him skip school, mom and dad. And uh, he's waiting in line because he really wants to uh, talk to Evander Kane and uh, Derek Ryan. And then he was giving us the update on the other places. You guys should go over here because there's not a lot of people in line for Matias Ekholm. And there's not a lot of people in line for Darnell Nurse. There's lots of people right now in line for uh, Connor McDavid. So if you're coming down to the mall, Ekholm and Nurse right now. Not a lot of people in line for them. So, there you go. Like the uh, scouting report for the signatures from uh, young Ogden. That was, uh, that was fun. Now, speaking of signatures, let's get to the, uh, the racing report brought to you by Can Torque as they continue developing tools and are excited to announce their newest design, battery-powered nut runners. Four models with 500 to 3,000 foot-pounds with more on the way. CanTorque.com. I have no idea if uh, if TR has ever uh, uh, ran a battery-powered nut runner or not. But uh, Colin Livingston, of course, uh, joins us uh, in studio. And uh, TR, you probably don't remember this as a young buck, but um, Colin, uh, Colin remembers you from the 1995 draft. Oh, hell yeah. I, and I'm sure he does remember me. He's just got to see me here on, on uh, the YouTube. But um, <laughs> just after TR was signed, we, I was there with my buddy, Shay. Uh, Shay is also a principal, as we're talking about various principals uh, with the kids in the hallway. But uh, we went to the entry draft, and um, TR stood out because I was a big Habs fan. And, um, yeah, we just happened to be sitting on the, uh, on the aisleway. We were one of the first signatures that he got to give after his oh. name was called because he was up in the grandstands and had to do the long walk onto the stage. Now, did he, cause back in junior, he, every time he signed his name, he would have a different moniker. When you got drafted, TR, did you continue that or were you just Terry Ryan? Uh, that was a Tri-City thing. I, I think at that level, I felt ignorant if I was if I was doing that. But what I used to do, Colin, I, in Tri-Cities, you know, we did these signings all the time, and people came to expect it from me. 
Um, but I would be like Terry the Tyrant or Terry, yeah. uh, you know, the Terry the uh, Anaconda. Terry, it, it wouldn't matter. Like any, I went through every name, every monster, every animal, every emotion. It was always Terry something Ryan. So in Tri-City, they would be waiting, you know, what's this going to be? You know, Terry, I remember Flying Rabbi, and we put, the boys <laughs> love that one, the Flying Rabbi, so that's what we spray-painted on the back of my car. Love and it. I drove it around for two years. Yeah, it was well, wild. Well, I can, I can. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'll tell you, I got, like that day, I probably got 20 different autographs and yours is the only one I remember getting. So take that for what it's worth. Interesting. I'll take that as a compliment. I might even put it on the back of my next book. <laughs> I'll sign it for you. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Full circle. I like it. Um, let's talk a little F1, uh, Colin. Um, there, was a, there wasn't a lot of grip in Qatar during practice uh, at all. But uh, and I, I, I got to get to the big story of that race, of course, which is on the first lap. Early on, it's the teammates again. And Lewis Hamilton, after the race, said, hey, it's all my fault. It's on me. Yeah. But he takes out himself. And also George Russell. Now, George Russell was able to come back and, and had a pretty solid finish overall from where he came. But what did you – because I watched that again, and I'm like, man, Lewis looked like he was in a really good position. And it was almost like, did he break too early? What happened? Well, see, I see it very differently because when people see this thing that Lewis does, they're going to flash back to last year at Spa. They're going to flash back to another race because last year at Spa, Lewis made a very similar move on Fernando Alonso um, after they came out. Eau Rouge went down the back straight away and got into the chicane where he got ahead of him, but not completely clear of him and made contact. And Lewis had to accept that this race was a little bit different Lewis got a better start than George. George was pinned behind Verstappen. And as George started to get the draft, he started forcing Lewis over. Like he made a dart move where Lewis had to respond. He did that twice. And it, you can watch the video. It's not, this isn't my personal opinion. This is, this is a fact. So George had already kind of imposed on Lewis and no one caught that on the race and no one's talked about it afterwards, but when that happened, Lewis still had a run on the outside. He just simply misjudged. Like he started the run. He saw how fast he was going by, but then George slightly left off the brakes, not 
not that George did anything wrong. George really didn't do anything wrong aside from kind of forcing his teammate wide. It was just a misjudgment that, you know, it took Lewis out and then, uh, you know, George was able to, to, you know, carry on. But I'll tell you what, it lit a fire under Russell's ass because he was, he was on fire the rest of the day. And that was, you know, without question, one of the toughest races that they've ever had to run. Yeah. No, well, it was interesting. You had guys, um, dehydrated. Like it was obviously, uh, very hot there. Uh, and you talked about like they had four races in really a, a very close proximity where the temperature is ridiculously hot. So is it necessary to be there? Yes, it is. But do they need to be there at this time of year where it's that hot and that humid? You know, there were there were at least four drivers that reported problems. So Logan Sargent had to retire from the race because he was going to pass out and he was so nauseous in the car. Drivers are not they're not sissies and they're not, they're not soft. They're, they're extraordinarily tough. Most drivers will drive through things that you can't possibly imagine because they don't want somebody to take their ride. It's not like, again, like, like stick and ball sports where you have a contract and you, you're protected that way. Like they can pull you out of the car for any reason. F1's a little bit different because these guys have pretty big contracts, but, uh, Esteban Ocon was, was actually vomiting in the car. So he had that in his helmet down his suit. Um, uh, Fernando Alonso was talking about how the heat from behind a seat was burning his back. He asked him if they could dump cold water on him when he did a pit stop, which they weren't allowed to do. Um, it, it was just it, lots of drivers actually fainted once they got out of the car. Three drivers had to be carried out of the car because they didn't have enough muscle strength. Like this is where the FIA has to say, listen, safety has to be first and foremost. And, and obviously we can't put the drivers in this situation. So, you know, Qatar's a decent enough track. They've obviously put the money into, to repave the thing, but they've got to look at the time of the year to, to, you know, run this at the right time. Yeah. hundred percent. So you got to get it at a position where you, you guys aren't sweating. I, I did have to chuckle though when Alonzo's like, Hey, is there anything you guys can do to make the heat cool down and they're like uh sorry like i was at least get a pitcher of water and then the guy was joking on the broadcast well it might weigh down his car i'm like really i don't think you have to put that much i don't think it's gonna make that much of a difference maybe i'm wrong but by the rules they weren't allowed to do that you can't even they weren't allowed to do that because there's a technicality about that's either uh changing the car performance that's like a driver aid that's like you just really yeah yeah, they mentioned that huh. they they looked into it, and then when they they looked at alternatives, they could theoretically. There's not enough time anymore, though. Like these pit stops, um, McLaren did the fastest pit stop in history with this new set of rules at a 1.8 second stop. Um, most of the teams were running 2.3, 2.4. From the time you pull in. You're, you're basically in gear. You've got to engage neutral. You've got to reset all your dials. They're done and you're driving away. Like you don't have time to unzip your suit. Like in NASCAR, they'll sometimes fit yeah. ice packs in. Um, you don't have time to do any of that stuff. Huh. And why is Red Bull so down on Perez? Um, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, first of all, my, this is, this is definitely opinion, but it's based, uh, 
fairly uh, heavily, in fact, Red Bull is made up of assholes. And I don't mind saying that. And I know there's a lot of Red Bull fans out there, but the management are really, really, really cold and really, really um, abrasive, especially when things start going sideways. And, you know, while Christian Horner um, tends to be the more political of the two of the leaders between him and Helmut Marco, um, you know, Christian out and out said this week that, you know, we have to sit down with him. We've got to get him back on his game. He's definitely not living up to our expectations. And then started talking about like, there's other teams that have really good pairings like Mercedes, like McLaren. We need to get back to that. And basically shouldering all the blame on, um, on Perez. Um, the, the, the other guy there, Helmut Marco, he's been even worse. So. Yeah, no, it was interesting. I got McLaren, Ferrari, Mercedes. They've all got pairs. And now Checo was there early in the season, yep. but then his own team kind of said, well, hey, you know what? He doesn't drive is consistent. And ever since then, it seems like, like he's, he's almost trying to live up to that because he's been very erratic. But the problem is that. In theory, the, the, the two teammates have the same cars, but, the, but now, and it's not set up for his skills. Is that fair? Or his strengths, maybe, is the better Yes word. and no, but as, you know, Lando Norris even said the, the other day, like, listen, it's our job to drive the car the way they give it to us. You know, we're, we're paid as drivers, so... While Max is able to extract everything and Max can destroy everyone, Checo's not getting out of Q2 and Checo is getting knocked out of the yeah. race. And, um, you know, but you also see that with, um, um, Alfa Romeo right now with Alonso having, you know, moderately good finishes. Lance Stroll, who's obviously the owner's kid. Not even close. He's getting killed, but he's getting pissed off too because like he's under investigation right now because he threw a grade A temper tantrum after, uh, qualifying and after the race where, uh, if anyone watched the race, like they, they interviewed him. They're like, Hey, how does this, how does this uh, make you feel and what's going on? Like, I just have to keep racing. Like he, he was asked three questions and I actually, I used too many words. He gave seven word answers to three total questions. <laughs> so, you know, you are always under pressure when your teammates doing better because the only difference is you, unless yeah. you've got, you know, unless there's an issue with your team or there's something different about your car that, you know, nobody will actually talk about. Now, uh, F1 returns this weekend to North America and Austin's a uh, circuit of the Americas, uh, Friday qualifying Saturdays, the sprint. And then, of course, uh, Sunday is the race. Is this kind of par for the course? Are we expecting Red Bull to dominate? I I don't have any reason to think otherwise. The no. nice thing is going to be that all of the practices, qualifying, and race is going to be at daylight time for us. You know, we don't yeah. have to get up at five o'clock in the morning True. or nice. you know PVR or whatever. You know, we can just watch kind of midday. So that'll be great. Yeah, no, it should be good. And um, lastly, you're going over to the uh, to the World Contest uh, for rental cart uh, yep. with uh, Tagland in Italy. Tell us about that. Yeah, really, really excited. Um, like I'm, I still you know competitively race. I I still get in my DD2 here in town, and I compete in a, you know a number of events across North America. But when it comes down to it, compared to Tag, I'm a schmuck. Well, I'm on this four-man team, so made up of Alex Tagliani, and I think most people know who that is, uh, multi-time world champion Pierre-Luc Ouellette, um, multi-multi-race winner, uh, like an outstanding shifter driver, uh, Jeff Petriello, and then, you know, uh, 
chunky boy from Stony Plain. So um, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun over there. Um, it's great because it's put on by our parent company, CRG. So um, they're organizing the whole thing. We represent CRG in Canada. Um, you know, tag turns 50 on uh, Wednesday. So we're going to turn this into oh, a little geez. pre, uh, a little 50th, 50th birthday in Italy. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to be doing ice ice baby like we did at somebody's birthday last year, but oh, yeah. uh, you know, who knows with enough Prosecco, I can get talked into yeah. anything. Well, Hey, never know. Never, Hey, never, never underestimate the excitement of a 50th. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, be, I'm, uh, I'm only uh, two months away. Well, there you go. And, uh, hey, maybe when you turn 50, TR will ask you for your uh, autograph and you guys can uh, swap stories of we'll, autographs. We'll get him at, uh, hey, at, at, at Eastbound Raceway when I go back to Newfoundland next year. Oh. Oh, beautiful. Okay, now, okay, I know exactly where you're talking about, and I love it. Of yeah. course, shoot me a note. And everyone everyone knows Mike James, so uh, you can mm-hmm. you can always get to me through Mike. Oh, okay. Copy that. I'll see you soon. TR, okay, have, you ever, have you ever raced a car? you ever been on a track? No. I went... To Daytona when I played in Orlando. So. Okay. But I, 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 I haven't ever been in a race car, no. Oh, okay. Well, hey, something and to I, shoot and for, buddy. Here, of course, there, there is a, there's a track it, it, where Colin just mentioned. It's probably like a half hour outside of town. And uh, it, it has some actually pretty interesting races out there and it's concerts. It's become something of a draw many times a year, so I know exactly where he's talking about. Awesome. Colin, have a good trip to Italy, my man. Thanks a lot. Thanks, boys. That's a racing report brought to you by Can Torque. Jason Greger, Terry Ryan with you. Let's get to the uh, con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. And guess what? Right now, the Road Ready Sales event is on. You can save up to 25% off select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until October 21st. Book your appointment at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions apply. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 